Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Nolan Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, let's the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Calzig, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel and I are eating delicious holiday treats. We are just drinking regular beverages because we're being more responsible this right. year. Um, and hopefully yes. that will cut down on our record time. <laughs> um, but we're here this week to talk through and count down our list of the top 20 TV shows of 2018. And we've learned over the years that we shouldn't do too much preamble or I will talk too long and then I have to edit too long. So why don't we just dive right in with just like a brief overview of our process, creating the list and any things that you, that we noticed while we were reflecting on the, on the year in TV. Uh, so Noel, how did this listening go for you? Was it easier than previous years, harder than previous years? How, how did it shape up for you? Um, this year I went kind of like loosey goosey with a lot of stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. um, I didn't really agonize over a lot of things um, this year, and I also generally sort of went. And I say this every year, but I think it's super duper true this year. Of in a lot of cases, I could shuffle this around and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not like the bottom of it, where I'm just sort of like, no, this is this is about where it is. Um, but I also think that there's a number of. Um, <clears throat> Choices here that I don't maybe necessarily think are even particularly, like, quote-unquote good shows. But they were just shows that either for some sort of um, particular sort of uh, sentimental reason or for um, just sort of experiential reasons made the list, basically, compared to a show that is quote-unquote better um so that kind of fed into a lot of things this year um particularly with like one two definitely with three of the shows on this list um really played into that idea interesting um which i'm actually kind of happy about um since sometimes i take like a really objective sort of approach to this and this time it was a much more sort of in a lot of places, a much more emotional sort of um, approach. And again, only in a couple of cases. But I was happy with that. Um, so generally, I think it's an okay list. But I also think it's a it's a very weird list, um, especially based on having seen a number of other critics' lists and going, why are Kate and I the only people who apparently even watch, watch so <laughs> many shows? No, you are not the only one, man. Like... So many, like a, a couple of my my shows that I and, and at least one that I'm pretty sure is going to be on your list too was like nowhere. And then I saw it on one of the ballots at the AV Club, and I was like, "Yes, you, it's not just us. Other people yeah, no. watched." I feel like that with one of the shows on mine as well. Of like, two people had this show on their list at the TV club, yeah. and they're married to each other, so it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're. There are other ones that I literally did not see that are high on my list. I did not see on a single other person's list, including, for example, Mo Ryan's fabulous list of the 40 best TV shows of the year. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, she put it up at her site. And Mo Ryan is brilliant and wonderful. Do not get me wrong. No shade to Mo Ryan. She just doesn't watch some of these shows. And it's a shame because if she did, she would really like them, I think. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) 
but but yeah, it was it was a weird year for me. And and as I looked over other people's lists, I could definitely see some shows. I was like, yeah, I got to catch up with that one. Yeah, I'm behind. I have from what I've seen, it makes total sense that this would be on an end of the year list. Like I'm still behind on Dear White People. I never finished Vita. I never got around to the Steve James documentary America to Me. Like there are some like those big ones that I did not get to. Uh, still behind Better Call Saul. Yeah. Neither of us watched Succession. Yeah. People are losing <laughs> their billions. minds over Succession. Yeah, I don't care about Billions. You're not going to get me to care about Billions. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it, there, I would not trade my list for Billions and some of these other shows that I'm seeing pop up other places. Uh, but, you know, I think that it's interesting as, you know, over the course of the the Televerse, the time I've been doing this and the time that we've been doing, and you've been a TV critic as well, um, we've seen the lists change and the list process change and go from being very much a, no, there's consensus to mm, what's the best of the things that you saw. And we're all aware that we did not see enough to feel like we have a definitive list. Yeah. Um, yeah that's definitely shifted within definitely at least within the last three years. Um, for sure. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about a bunch of shows. We'll see just how many as we go along, because I don't know Noel's list and he doesn't know my list. Um, So this is going to be fun. Or do I? Ooh. Well, we just hopefully we know each other well enough to know a few of our picks, but we'll see. Um, I'm hoping for some like, you know, left turns. We'll see. Um, We're going to start with uh, if if there are any other shows that you didn't get to that you want to just like head people off at the past and say, I didn't watch it. I'm sure it's great. I didn't watch it. Do you have any like that or do you, are you good? Um, no, I'm pretty much good. Um, one of the things that I always realized while I was making this list is, oh, I forgot to put a couple of shows on my spreadsheet mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when I was going through and like checking some other lists to see if I missed anything. And when I was also like consulting with a couple of other publications to help the big list for next week, mm-hmm. um, I just went, oh, a bunch of shows are not on this thing that I watched. Yikes. Um, but no, I think, apart from some of the things that we joked about, I think, I mean, if if anyone's listening to this, they know what we lo- they know what we watch, yeah, that's true. and what we didn't watch, yeah. So I think we're okay. The big surprise for me, Lodge Forty Nine showing up on so many lists at the end of the yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, we didn't we didn't get to that. We did at not. All. No, I was not interested. I'm slightly more interested, but not a lot more mm-hmm. interested. And I'm yeah. not more interested in Sharp Objects. I'm sure they're all really good performances, and it's a really good yeah. show. But I don't want to. The watch first it. episode was really nice. I didn't really need to watch anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, on that somewhat dismissive <laughs> note. Um, uh, let's start with our number 20. So do let's do yeah. 20 through 16 and then trade okay. off. Okay. So, so so why don't you go first? What's your 20 through 16? All right. So my 20 through 16, number 20 is Cells at Work, which is an anime about cells in the body and how the body works. <laughs> it's delightful. You should watch it. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, number 19 is Dietland. Mm-hmm. Um, number 18 is A Place Further Than the Universe, which is another anime. This one about three girls. Well, four girls. Three? Three. Four. Four girls who travel to Antarctica. Um, it's also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, number 17 is DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Um, number 16 is Killing Eve. Okay. My number 20 is Trial and Error Lady Killer. Nice! Right? Nice. It was that's, super fun. That's, 
That's on my list uh, for something else. Um, <laughs> yeah, <tomorrow>. next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number 19 is either Ugly Delicious or Queer Eye, depending on how I'm feeling about toxic masculinity at, in the moment. <laughs> because I like Ugly Delicious more, except when they're talking over all the women or not interviewing women. And then I'm like, uh-huh. screw these people. Queer Eye's better. And then I'm like, but that that chicken, that fried chicken episode was so good. But that conversation about the church was so good. So it's one of those two shows. Number yeah. <laughs> number 18 is Elementary. Number uh, 17 is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'm guessing higher in yours? Yeah, not by a lot, but yeah. Okay. And then number 16 is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Much higher in line. Much yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you have any of those other ones? No. No. Yeah. Okay. See, this is interesting. The amount of crossover and not crossover will be very, very entertaining. Um, Just to say a few things, I, I suppose... Uh, Trial and error, lady killer, delightful, fun. Thank you for introducing me to it, Noel. Uh, I would not have made the time. Uh, Elementary had a, a good, strong season and made, uh, we're going to talk about it more next week in a few areas, but yeah. made choices that were awesome and surprising and stupid and then recovered from some of them and had a really nice finale. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend would be a lot higher for me, except that for me it took a while for the beginning of this fall season to kick into gear. Um, as much yeah. as I have loved the last run of it. Uh, and I also wasn't huge on the end of the previous season. So it just sure. kind of, it's like a little bit of a dip for me. But you all know how much I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was, like, as I looked over which episodes had aired this year, that is a strong back half of the season. We will talk about so it in a bit. Good. When yeah. we get to yours. Um, yeah. So now let's go uh, 15 through 11. Okay. Go for it. So uh, 16 and 15 are basically sort of like the ugly, delicious um, tie thing uh-huh. that you had going on. Because both shows, I think, are really similar in that Killing Eve and Barry, which is number 15, mm-hmm. are both really good shows that I realized I basically only like for the performances um, in a lot of cases. Um, so that's why they kind of got grouped together. Um, number 14 is Jane the Virgin. Okay. Um, which only aired the back half of um, its most recent season this year. Um, so that's what gets the 14th spot. Um, number 13 is Steven Universe. It's going to be higher um, on mine. Yeah. Um, number 12 is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Okay. And then number 11 is The Good Fight. Oh, didn't even, like, consider for me. So why <laughs> you talk about The Good Fight a bit? Right. So um, I just, the more I thought about it, the more I just went, yeah, you know, all the drug stuff with Diane was bad. Um, yeah. But, That's why it's not on my list. But everything else about, like, the weirdness of being in existence now, plus everything Kush Jumbo did this year, because she was so good, mm-hmm. um, basically really elevated this season for me. And, yeah, that's basically what it boiled down to, is, like, a lot of more experiential sort of stuff. Of like, yeah, no... It captured the crazy really well for me, and that's why it ended up where it did. I also don't have Jane on my list because there were so few episodes, and there were ones yeah. that I didn't connect to as much. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Well, I well, I mean, we've got the cancer episode, which is really, really great. Oh, Amy um, Brenneman. This year. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I think for that alone. Um, but generally, I liked the ups and downs of this uh, that back half of the season plus the cliffhanger. Um, as weird and not great as it is, but 
you gotta admire them for just doing it, even if I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, More on that so, next week. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but then this is also just still a show that I really, really enjoy and really enjoyed looking forward to each year, each week, I should say. So that's why it was there. Yeah. Well, for my number 15, I have The Terror. Is this on yours? Significantly higher. Okay. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, my number 14 is Insecure, which I thought had a terrific third season. I continue to really enjoy these characters and the way this season Exp- like kind of shifted to almost a two-hander um, with Molly and Issa uh-huh. was terrific. And, and the moves we see Issa make in her career and in her life, I thought were, were really well handled. It's just a show with so much uh, maturity and, and such, such interesting conversations. Uh, I really liked it. So I was very happy to find space for it here on my list, right under my number 13, which, yeah, you better f- bet I found space on my list for Sense8 because I fucking love that finale and I don't care that it's just one overly long movie but it was amazing and I loved it I love this. You're just like, yeah, Jane the Virgin didn't air enough episodes this season. Sense8's final movie was great. Yeah, well, didn't have, <laughs> Jane the Virgin didn't air enough episodes that I cared enough about is the thing. Okay. It's not the number of episodes. Um, but it was just awesome. And I got all sorts of problems. But I don't care because it also has it also has high, Nomi's high mom telling her that, that, that she loves her at the Eiffel Tower at her wedding. And it's beautiful. So more on that next week. Um, my number 12 is why it's the next problem areas. Is that on yours? Yeah, a couple spots up. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a bit. And then my number 11 is Nanette. Was that on yours? It was not on mine. Okay. Uh, that was one of the things that wasn't on my spreadsheet. Um, but mm-hmm. that's a really good choice. Well, it's, So please tell me about Nanette a little bit. It's terrific. And it's got this yeah. amazing performance from Hannah Gadsby. She just burst mm-hmm. out onto the international scene with it. You know, it's a, for those who don't know, it's a comedy special stand-up. Um, one woman show uh, on Netflix and uh, Hannah Gatsby is a comedian well-known um, in Australia and other parts of the world, but who hadn't broken through in the same way in the United States. At least I don't know about her. There are probably lots of comedy nerds who did. I did not. Yeah. Um, but you better believe I knew her name after seeing Nanette, which is this really thoughtful and powerful and funny and raw examination of trauma and pain and power and storytelling and patriarchy and so much more. And uh, so go seek it out if you haven't seen it, if you've somehow missed the buzz on it. Um, go seek it out. It's well worth viewing. I've seen it several times and each time I'm floored by how the, the impact it has on me. And I can't imagine what it must have been like to do that show over and over as Gatsby did. Um, but yeah, it was one of the things I will most remember about this year in TV. And if I'm counting Netflix comedy specials as TV, cause where else am I going to put it? Um, so yeah, that's why it's my number 11. Um, and now we are to our top 10 and look at that. It didn't take us an hour. We're getting better at this. Noel. <laughs> We are. It's a miracle. Now we will take two hours to discuss our top ten. Very likely. So let's go back and forth, I guess, one at a time. And if you uh-huh. have something that I have higher on my list or vice versa, we'll hold it until we get to the higher person's number. So what's yeah. your number ten? Well, for the next two, from uh, ten and nine, we're not going to have overlap. So we're good. We're good <laughs> here. Um, at least on my end. Uh, my number 10 is We Bear Bears, mm-hmm. which I caught up on this year. Yay, Kate. good. I was supposed to, and I didn't. <laughs> uh, and Kate, 
please catch up on it. Like okay. I want you to carve out time to catch up on it. So this is a, this is my number ten for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one is that the show's just really good. Um, it's very silly, but it's very warm. Um, vocal performances from folks are just like stellar. Um, and then there's just a really overwhelming kind of sense of humanity to the show that I think is comes through despite the fact that we're dealing with three anthropomorphic bears that <laughs> live in the Bay Area. Um, so they tackle everything from the evils of Google to um, hurricane relief when they were little babies. Mm. The baby bear episodes, Kate, you don't understand yet, <laughs> but you will. You will understand the power of the baby bear episodes um, to uh, their relationship with um, Bigfoot. Um, there's just a lot of really good stuff in this show that appeals to both kids, but also really hails adults really well. Um, one of the most recent episodes is basically just a um, X-Men first class riff for the finale. <laughs> and it's really weird, but it's really good. Um, so I really encourage people to check out We Bear Bears. But one of the reasons why it's so high on my list is that for the better part of this year, um, I caught up with this watching my person. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the shows that she and I, if we didn't have like a movie that we wanted to watch or we had like a half hour to an hour before one of us had to leave to get on a bus before we moved in together and take a three hour bus ride to get back to our respective homes, we would watch a couple episodes of We Bear Bears since I hadn't really watched it and she had seen some of it. So we would watch We Bear Bears and it just became a really important sort of television experience that laid a foundation for our relationship. Um, and so that's why it's one of the big reasons why it's a so high on my list, but apart from being just really good is that this was also just a really important show for me this year. And so I decided, what the hell? It's my number 10 show and it's my list. I can do what I want. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So that's basically what it boils down to is that this is a very good show that was very important to me this year. Yeah. What was your number 10? Well, first of all, that's beautiful and lovely. Um, my number 10 is Steven Universe. And Okay, great. Yeah, I really, you know, and we're, listeners, spoiler alert, we're recording <laughs> this before, <laughs> before we've seen everything that, you know, when the show comes back, we will do to our regular weekly episodes. We can actually talk about all of the, the wonderful episodes that are airing weekly over this break, uh, Legs to Homeworld and all of that. Um, but we can't yet. So instead, we'll just say the stuff that aired this year up into December uh, was terrific. And I when I went back and looked at the episodes and see what, like, what actually aired this year, it was a lot of episodes that I really liked and I really connected with. Obviously, the whole arc going up into the reveal of Pink Diamond, the like going inside uh, Pearl's mind with the cell phone was just so beautifully well done. The, um, the, 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 the the wedding and the silliness of of the cowboy episode, um, I like only think about love. Let's only think about love has been stuck in my head at various points in this year, just over and over again. Um, yeah, it just again this the maturity of this show and the character explorations it's done, the the ability to pay off in expected and unexpected ways these years long developments. Um, Steven Universe for me kicked back up into uh, for uh, after a little bit of a lull for me it kicked back up uh-huh. into one of my absolute favorite shows on TV. So I I had to include it here and. 
uh, yeah, you know, y'all know we love Stephen Universe. Do you, is there anything else you wanted to say about it? No, I think that my reason for just putting it lower was I just found a number of shows that I think just really hit home for me a little bit more this year. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there are a number of really good things about the episodes about Stephen that aired this year. And so, yeah, just <sighs> Pearl's brain, Kate. Pearl's brain Pearl's and brain. pool hopping with the little mm-hmm. kitties. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of good stuff this year. Yeah. Okay, so what was your number nine? My number nine is definitely on your list. Um, it's Terrace House opening new door. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on my list, but, it, but no. it's still delightful. Right. No. So this is like something I've seen on literally one other person's list. Hi, Eric Thurm. Um, over at TV <laughs> Club. Um, no. So I mean, the ups and downs of romance of the folks living in this house have been really good this year. Plus the discussions around um, sexual harassment that don't occur within this show, but can occur around the show from an American audience is also something that's really interesting. Um, But it was also just something that I very consistently look forward to every, um, every like chunk of episodes that came out and there's a chunk of episodes dropping on Tuesday, the same time that Steven Universe comes back, Kate. And it's just like, this is not fair. Um, so this this does not include the most recent chunk of episodes, which makes me frustrated because I was very excited about the whole, yeah, no, we're finally introducing a, someone who identifies as bisexual to the house. Let's see how that plays out. So I'm really interested to see, but this was also just something that, especially over the course of this year, um and last year has just become kind of a mainstay in my television consumption and i really like this particular version of it so that's why it's my number nine yeah well it's an excellent an excellent pick and super fun um my number nine is barry which was lower for you but uh one that i really enjoyed uh like you said it is very driven by its performances it has a lot of really terrific performances um but for me i you know as i thought about the year's tv i kept coming back to it as one of the most consistent and interesting and surprising Mm -hmm. shows that i watched this year as as far as like what your expectations might be and and whether it lives up to that or finds a new way around or um, subverts that just to subvert it. Like they, they found, I think, a good balance with the show and the character work that Bill Hader was doing in the central role. I thought was really impressive and and super fun. More on Barry next week. Um, was you know aside from the fact that it got like when when the biggest problem I have with the show is the fact that it got renewed and it shouldn't have it should just have ended. <laughs> You know, that's a good show. It's a show that's, that's part totally of the right. reason why it's so low on mine. It's just like, it's this, I don't need another season, and I'm sorry I'm punishing you for it, Barry, but there's no reason for this. <laughs> the, the, but, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. But a lot of it also, just for me, boiled down to the fact that I think that there's just a number of really good performances, but I just legitimately didn't care about a lot of, like, the assassin stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just realized. I just want to watch this assassin try to master Macbeth. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to watch terrible line readings over and over and over again. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And then watch Henry Winkler do do his thing and just be delightful. And then watch, uh, you know, an FBI agent or, right, FBI or cop. I think she's, I think she's LAPD. LAPD. Be really good at her job. Um, yeah. yeah. So that that is why it is up on my list here. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to 
hopefully being very wrong about Barry season yeah. two. Fingers crossed. Yes. Fingers <laughs> um, crossed. What about number, uh, what about your number eight? Yeah, my number eight is White Snack's problem areas. So ah. let's talk about White Snack. Um, I just really loved this show of the like kind of borderline glut of sort of last week tonight inspired type of shows that we got this year or um, shows in the vein of sort of um, Patriot Act or The Break. This one I think stood out to me in part because it, A, had that very kind of, uh, (laughs) that very PBS sort of vibe to it, which I really liked, um, as opposed to sort of a late night vibe. Um, But generally it's a decision to devote 10 episodes to one topic um well 10 segments to one topic i thought paid off in dividends and that made a big difference in my enjoyment of it plus Sinak's sort of wry um investigative commentary as well i think really helped and then just the kind of silly uh second segment animations uh sequences i thought were really good and really enjoyable and so i just liked the tone and the structure of the show a great deal and that's why it was my number eight. It was almost a lot higher. And then I just went, but there's so many other shows. <laughs> um, so tell me about why White Snack made your list this year. Because it's really good. And yeah. it's really interesting. And it's very thoughtful. And it's funny. And it's asking questions and actually trying to find answers in a way that yeah. way too many shows that purport to care about these issues are not interested to uh interested yes. in doing um the like you said the structure worked really well um the pacing worked really well the delivery from Sanak is excellent and the aesthetics of like this like edutainment sort of 80s 90s uh, sorry 70s 80s kind of thing is is super fun and i really look forward to whatever they're going to do next i think that they yeah took a complicated issue and treated it with the respect and the care it needs, which again is very rare, even in uh-huh. like your your full frontals, in your last week tonight's, in your closer looks, in these segments that are supposed to be the in-depth, lengthy, you know, yeah. analyses of complex problems that are very important. They can't be because they're 20 minutes and yeah. gun violence is not going to be solved in 20 minutes. It's not going to be solved in one season in a problem areas either. But at least they actually interrogate and have curiosity about what those, you know, what that conversation would look like. And uh, yeah. I, th- I think it just threaded this needle of comedy, uh, uh, research, journalism, documentary, and just did it all really, really well. And I wish more people had watched it. <laughs> Shout out to friends of the show, yeah, Dennis Perkins and Emily L. Stevens, who both had it on their AV Club ballots. (laughs) Yeah, y'all are awesome. You know your stuff. And they're also going to have cookies showing up soon. Um, Yes, cookies. What what is, uh, oh, I guess I'm up next, aren't I? My number eight is Killing Eve, which I like. Oh, wow. Quite a bit more than you, but nowhere near as much as everybody else. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, it was so compelling. It was so well done. I didn't, you know, I got to the end of the season and wasn't sure that I had been watching the same show as everybody else or watching the show 
that was actually there. You know, I very yeah. possibly was headcanoning things that didn't actually happen. So I, it's one that I will look forward to at some point if I have the time. Who are we kidding? We know I'm never going to have the time. Uh, rewatching and uh, living with and living in. Uh, the, the performances from Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer are so strong and so interesting that they are going to live up to as many rewatches as I find time for. I'm confident. And it's, it's curiosity again about the kind of people who are curious about like an assassin, BNL um, is, is really interesting and, and really well, I think explored and delivered. And uh, I don't know what next season will bring, but I know that I'm in good hands and uh well you're gonna be in different hands but <laughs> but because phoebe still. waller bridge isn't back so yeah yes but <laughs> sandra o and jody comer are and they can sell yeah. a lot so we'll <laughs> see can. we'll That's see what true. it brings but uh, <laughs> yeah, as much as i quibble about you know bill and some of the more manipulative elements i think they did really nail the tone and like those those scenes like the kitchen scene right or the mm-hmm. bathtub scene or the 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 bed scene yeah. you know like these are like i can just say those three words and you know what i'm talking about that shows how memorable and visceral and powerful those exchanges were and uh yeah it certainly this was a good year for freshman tv and it was yeah yeah that i agree with yeah definitely uh for me one of the strongest contenders so that is why it is my number eight what is your number seven my number seven is a sophomore um show and that's one day at a time kate is this on yours it's higher all right, let's save it. What let's was your number it. seven? My number seven is Pose, which I don't believe you watched. Okay. No, I did not get to this one. But no. I absolutely loved. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going to talk more about it next week, uh, <laughs> quite a bit more, at least once. Um, but it had such terrific performances, such a curiosity. Again, I keep coming back to curiosity, but such a thoughtful look at a story and a time and a group of people previously undepicted on American TV, um, and that is the queer and trans ballroom culture of the 80s. And it just the the instantly memorable characters that we got of the House of Abundance, the the House of Evangelista, um, these characters are, you know, are who I'm remembering at the end of the year. They're who I want to see more stories about. And to have the, the be a set of characters that are, that are queer and trans and, and women of color and who are played by the way, actually by trans women of color, which is wonderful, but to have their stories not be defined by tragedy shouldn't be groundbreaking, but it is. And yes, there is there is pain and there is loss and there is hardship, but there's also joy and there's also beauty and there's also love. And so to just give such a beautiful and fleshed out look at these characters, Pose really delivered on, on what it set out to do, I thought. And that's not even getting into Praytel and Billy Porter and how amazing he is. I mean, come on. Those ballroom scenes were amazing. Anyone watching, listening who watched Pose knows what I'm talking about. And uh, you're going to have MJ Rodriguez, who I was, I thought was terrific and I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, you know, and, and seeing a song with Billy Porter, you know it's making my top ten. So, uh, 
this is one that I hope at some point you, you'll maybe check out. Um, but I really loved it. And I'm glad to see that it's getting some end of year attention from people. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really loved it. I thought even, even this corners of the show that I didn't care about at all, everything with Evan Peters, um, I, I still, was happy to 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 watch because it meant I got to live in this world for you know another half episode another another uh you know scene until we got back to the characters I was more invested in uh so yeah Poe's one of the highlights of the year for me. No, I was really glad when I started seeing it on a bunch of um year end lists. I was worried I it was going to get it. forgotten. I was too. I was legitimately worried about that as someone who didn't watch it going, oh no, this is, this is not going to be remembered. And then it's showing up on a lot of places. So that made me, that's made me really happy. Yeah. So what is your uh, number six show? My number six is the Custodians of the Chronology. Oh no, sorry. It's, it's the Sirens of uh, Space Time. No, sorry. No, it's Puppets of Tomorrow. No, it's DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Kate. And it's, it's higher for me. Yes! Which is All right. exciting. Okay. That is very exciting. Uh, so tell me about your number six. Then. Well, my my number six is higher for you, I- I'm guessing, and that's the good place. Yeah, but it's only a couple spots higher, so let's just do it. Well, I, in that case, then let's do Legends of Tomorrow, because it's my number five. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, no, because Good Place was my number four, so let's just do it, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine's my five, so we're just going to okay. do this right now. Let's do this yeah. right now. Okay, so first yeah. up is Legends of Tomorrow. Um, why, uh, why is it your number six? Well, because I came up with four, five other shows better than it, (laughs) but at the same time, um, of the other shows going forward, with the exception of arguably Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, this is probably the most fun show on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, as you and I noted last week with its finale, one of the most heartfelt and really good at balancing human moments and like people learning things which does not happen in the arrow universe and the show committing to those concepts and the exploration of emotions um all while battling fairy godmothers or helping or somehow swindling john noble into reading (laughs) lines of dialogue because he sounds like the demon that they're fighting. Um, or there's just giant all this, Bebo. Or giant Voltron Bebo, which, yes, listeners, that is going to show up on a bunch of things tomorrow, on <laughs> next week. That's going to show up a bunch of places next week, yes. Um, Spoiler alert. Because it's so good. Yeah. And so pure. And it's just fun, and it doesn't feel like it's... It feels both of a piece and totally separate from the Arrowverse. And I think that the other thing and that really elevates it is the fact that this is a show that I just didn't expect it to become in its first season or even like somewhere into its second season. And now that it's this in its fourth season, I'm just, I can't, I can't believe it. And I never, ever want it to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is important for me as a TV critic and as a person who consumes pop culture uh, to value comedy, to value whimsy, to value ridiculousness. Um, mm-hmm. And to like, as I've described it before, to value the souffle <laughs> that is legends of tomorrow and its ability to do what it does and make it look easy. 
Yep. It's not easy. There are lots of shows trying to get this blend right and failing and failing significantly. It it is energy and humor and and wit and references and callbacks and action and emotion and heart and history and growth and human development as well as you mentioned which a lot of shows are too afraid to do a lot of shows do not have the uh the fortitude to commit to in a way that this show absolutely does it is not afraid to be beautiful and ridiculous in a time where it is really easy to be dour and dark. And it does that without ever losing sight of all of the shit that is going on in these characters' lives, that is going on in the viewers' lives. Um, and that, I think, is harder than just being a grim depiction of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's a beautiful show, and it get, brings joy every single week. And so that's why, as I was making my list, I was like... Yeah, I, I had it on there. It had it top ten almost immediately, um, and but it just kept yeah, creeping up a, up a up a slot, up a slot, up a slot until it ended up as my number five. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. let's talk about your number five, and that yeah. is Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Nine 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 Nine. Yes. Nine Nine. Have you watched the screeners um, yet? I haven't. I've, I have it. <gasps> there are screeners. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh yeah. There are screeners. Oh. I know what's I know what my person and I are doing tonight now. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so they only aired like they they got ten episodes uh, in twenty eighteen because of a weird sort of like scheduling thing with Fox. But I mean, Kate, they kicked it off with the safe house with Kevin yeah. and Jake forcing to live together, and then. Kevin being furious that they didn't watch Captain Curly's <laughs> Mandolin <laughs> and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, or sorry, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. So just right there, you're done. Mm-hmm. But then you get the box, Kate. Mm-hmm. You get the purity and the goodness of the box. Um, which, I mean, spoiler alert Brown, for next man. week, everyone. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown and guest appearance. Just <laughs> letting you know. Um, <laughs> And I mean, the puzzle master was really good. The the exploration of the Nutriboom mm-hmm. and the Scientology stuff. Generally, this was just a really, really great set of like ten episodes. Like you sort of alluded to, of like the back half of this fifth season is just kind of ridiculous. Um, and a treasure trove of witches, riches, and then just the sweetness of that wedding. Plus Gina Rodriguez in that little bit. Not just, enough Gina all... Rodriguez. She better be back next year. Not enough, but goodness, she's so busy. Kate Carmen San Diego drops in January. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just consistently funny, but it's also just so good at easy, breezy sort of representation um, as well, which is so key to a lot of this. And I think that there's just a lot of really good stuff in this show as a whole. So, like, a lot of this is just, like, me honoring Brooklyn Nine-Nine as a concept and the fact that it still exists. Um, which we're very happy about here at the Televerse. Which we're very happy about. Um, but I, it's also just a really good ten episodes that they closed out their season with. Um, so why was Brooklyn Nine-Nine on your list this year? 
for everything that you just said. Um, yeah. I had it lower because there were uh, a few of those episodes that I didn't really connect with as much. Sure. Um, and so the is rough. But <laughs> yeah, it, that was enough to knock it down for me. Yeah. But I, it still was a terrific batch of episodes. That was another one where I was like considering many different sitcoms because we watched so many of them, and yes. we, you know, have, have fond places in our heart for many. Um, but when I was trying to remember wait, what actually aired this year, I was like, oh, that was really good. Oh, that was really good. Oh, that was great. Oh, that was really good. Um, it had to be on my list, and yeah, we're very excited that it's coming back and soon, and we look forward to talking about it week to week when it comes back. And- and, you know, and texting about it once we've both seen the, the spoilers or the, the screeners, which I have not yet watched. But if you watch them, I will. And then we can talk about it. Not on the podcast, though, listeners. No spoilers. But um, let's move on, I guess, to number four, right? Yeah. Is this the good place for me? But Yeah. Let's talk about the good place. Yeah. So, yeah. Is this your number five? This is my number six. I, oh, I bumped, I bumped six. Legends over it. Okay, right. So I this was going to be like kind of lower initially when I was drafting this because the beginning of the season and well, really more so like the middle of this season was like, I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't comfortable with what was happening. But then I think that the last like trio of episodes, even if they didn't necessarily stick the landing about Eleanor's sense of self, as you and I discussed when we discussed Janet's Um, this is still a show that just has meant a lot in terms of like what it wants to do and what it wants to say. I mean, really consistently listeners who have stuck with us for a couple of uh, years now know how much we value sort of uh, shows that value humanity and this idea of humanism and with a lowercase non-philosophical Oxford English dictionary age. (laughs) um but that this is a show that interrogates those concepts really well and tackles what it means to be good and how you can change if you can change and still that comes through really consistently and while they kind of are maybe hitting it a little heavy-handedly with what's happening with uh michael as we go into the back half of this current season uh next year um I think like the escape from the bad place is really great. And then the whole decision to set themselves in sort of a weird kind of alternate timeline at the beginning showed a lot of promise and was generally really good. And then I just also realized that things like Chidi's chili breakdown (laughs) needed to be recognized. It needed to be recognized on a number of different levels. And I think that there's just, still such a really powerful and interesting show here that even despite a few missteps, I could not have it in my top five, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it was where it was. Um, on my list, uh, tell me about The Good Place and its placement on your list this year. Well, yeah, it was just those few episodes that were only okay and weren't yeah, sure, all sure. that interested in the central tenets of philosophy and examination of who the self is, who what the what what your identity is, and 
Um, the com- like if there's a soul, if there's a consciousness separate from your brain or your heart, like, you know, all of that, that knocked it down into being only number six. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so very far, far down the list. But it, it's a terrific show with excellent performances, co- consistent pacing for the most part. And I mean, this season, this year gave us uh, Maya Rudolph as Jen, the judge, and in, in, in her fascination with Mark Harmon. It gave us uh, Mike O'Malley as the the, the guy watching the door. The doorman. Who, yeah. The doorman who loves frogs. Uh, it, it, a nice theme of frogs this this year on TV. Several shows. Um, keying into that. Um, the it, it gave us the, you know, Adam Scott as Trevor in the Brainy Bunch. Just being terrible. It gave us that American restaurant. It gave us so much. So much delightfulness. Again, and it gave Darcy Carden material. She was well overdue so that she could show everybody what a badass she is. Not just in her acting, but also in her stunt skills. Um, it, it was a really strong season and uh, a really strong year, I should say. And yes, it, there was a little mini dip. But it still, I think, has been the most consistent um, network comedy. Yeah. I guess I can say uh, going right now. And I look forward to what's going to happen when we come back in 2019. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. So what is your number four? Number four. Your number four. Uh, my number four is Good Place. We just did it. Oh, sorry. My number four yeah. is Queen Sugar. Higher on yours? It's yeah, by like two spots. Okay. So what's your number, number three? Uh, my number three is Atlanta. My number two is Atlanta. Okay, let's just go over this. What? And, yeah. and then I have one day at a time. Yeah. Okay, is my number three. So let's do yeah. that one next. Okay, yeah. So one day at a time. Um, I don't... Kate. I, have I know so it's so much it higher only... than everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I know it was my number seven, but it's also just... It's such a good show, and it's so, so well-performed, and it's so warm, and just... Not yet, Kate. And, um... Yeah. So, I could not have it on the list in any way, shape, or form, but it's also, for me, like, all I could kind of, like, keep in my head was not yet mm-hmm. from this season, apart from also Hello, Penelope. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically, like, legitimately, like, when I thought about One Day at a Time, those were the two episodes I remembered. Um, but I still think that the overall kind of scope of the show and then just also kind of like silly things like I'm going to just, I'm going to get a job by streaming on Twitch, um, (laughs) is also really good. And the ways that they expanded Elena's character this season, both from a writing level, but also just how they expanded Elena's horizons, um, we're just generally really, really good. And so I can't wait for season three to start. Um, it's just, it's really good. And I, I always look forward to it starting. Like it's the best way to kick off the kick off a new year at this point is like one day at a time starts, even though it's starting a little bit later this year. Um, <laughs> well next year. Um, so tell me about it being on your list. Yeah. It, you know, I, as I sat with my list, it just that was one of the ones I knew was going to be at the top just immediately. And I wrote over for the AV club. Um, one of my picks of one of the perform best performances of the year was Justina Machado, uh, who was just uh-huh. so terrific all season. Um, and, and I remembered how good she was. And I, as I was writing that, 
uh, you know, a few thoughts on that. I went back and, and watched some clips and was then appreciating in a new way just how good Todd Grinnell is as Schneider and how much material uh-huh. he got. And just as a supporting presence in those scenes, how much he's doing. And then, yes. of course, we all know Rita Moreno is amazing. But then yes. I was remembering. Apparently all... Emmy voters don't, though. Well, that's because they're <laughs> idiots, but that's OK. Um, but then I was remembering um, Elena's big confrontation scene with with her dad, uh, Isabel Gomez. Isabel Gomez has really grown. I was remembering um, her uh, it, Elena's girlfriend um, or partner, I should say, partner uh, yeah. Sam from the season, and and oh, sorry, Sid from the season, um, and how great they are, and what a what a lovely arc we got. For that couple on TV, I was remembering the the just the this absolute silence in the live studio audience when it's revealed that Penelope has a gun and and Alex found it and just your heart drops out of your your uh, chest, especially then when you get a few episodes forward into Hello Penelope and what mm-hmm. might have happened if she hadn't gotten rid of that gun three episodes sooner. It's it's a beautiful season, a well-written season, and one that just lets the characters live in the full range of human emotion and human experience. The episode, like with a flashback to what caused Penny, uh, sorry Penelope, and uh, and the kid's dad, yeah, Victor, uh, to re-enlist uh, after nine eleven was really powerful. The episode about. Um, about Lydia's citizenship and her memories of of Cuba and not wanting to lose that was really powerful. It was a beautiful season. And like you say, it's the best way to start off the new year. So I'm bummed it's a little late, but I'm glad we're getting it. Um, and I, I understand it's a more broad show. It's not everybody's, you know, it's not everybody's type of comedy, maybe. But... The more I sat with and remembered back to the season, the more I like went on a clip spiral or looked over the list of episodes. The more I was like, "Yeah, no, this is this is my favorite comedy." Yeah, it's my favorite comedy, which is why it's my number three. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense to me. I think a lot of it for me is while I enjoy it kicking off the new year, is I never go back to it, and maybe I need to start doing that. Well, it's you mean it's not going to be time poorly spent. Certainly. Yeah. No, it's not. No, that's <laughs> super true. Yeah. Um. Now my number four and your number two mm-hmm. is Queen Sugar, mm-hmm. and right. nobody else watches this show. What the fuck? It's not on any yeah, lists. No. It's just us, Kate. We're the only two people. Well, that... friend of the show, Angelica Jade Bastian watches the show and, and really likes yeah. it. Her list isn't out yet, so maybe it'll okay. be on her list. <laughs> but I yeah. literally don't know anyone else who watches this show, and nope. it's wrong because it's so damn good. Yeah, no, it's so powerful and so it's so willing to make all of its like lead characters look bad and make them have them make bad decisions and then force them to live with those bad decisions mm-hmm. and not shy away from those ramifications or paper over them in any way shape or form it's like no you screwed up so we're gonna deal with that now and but not do it in an exploitative way do it in a way that makes them exhibit growth 
which is again something that you we've talked about shows whether or not they have the fortitude to really engage in that and that's something queen sugar deals with on a weekly basis and i think that that's really important but then there's just the fact that so much of the show is driven by its setting its sense of history um both as on a family level but also just on a like wide scope of american history um Mm -hmm. sort of perspective that makes a huge difference in that and so while there are certain things that are maybe particularly good uh nova and remy uh, (laughs) yep um being a real drag there's also made up for by the fact that vi and hollywood are the single two best human beings on television (laughs) more on that next week and, Someone didn't um, want to have a most chemistry category. I'm just saying. <laughs> but then they just win every year, Kate. Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with that. More on that next <laughs> week. You were um, saying. So, yeah. So I think that there's just, there's there's plenty of really great stuff here. And then the, when they do sort of like larger sort of plot stuff, like Charlie tra- tapping into a Heisenberg, and the show sort of undercutting that to a certain degree makes the show stand apart from the sort of prestige dramas that it's ostensibly competing with, but consistently outclassing. You mentioned uh, Charlie's flirtation with becoming Heisenberg. I love that this is a show that shows that she could easily do that. She could become Heisenberg. She could go full villain. Um, But that instead goes... No, we're going to have her through line for the season be saving Prosper's farm and what she has to sacrifice to do that and and how how willingly she does and how uh how important that is to her while never negating her, her ambition and her <laughs> need for vengeance which yes. will be delicious <laughs> when it happens um and and her clear-eyed view of what it takes and and the sense that you know we we get the sense from the show that she's probably right mm-hmm. um she she may lose herself somewhat in that but she's not wrong in what it'll take uh it it was a beautiful season uh like you mentioned all the stuff with Vi in Hollywood was terrific the the progression that they gave to Micah was was really interesting and really compelling some of the best kid stuff on TV more on that next week um the uh the the stuff we got for Ralph Angel i mean one of the scenes of TV this year was the results of that paternity test like the most striking, the most memorable, the most impactful. And uh, that's not something that I think you say lightly, uh, or at least that I say lightly. Uh, It was damn fine storytelling, damn fine performances, and beautiful cinematography, gorgeous direction, just really lyrical pacing, and this, this... interest and curiosity i keep going about this interest and uh enthusiasm for the minutiae of humanity and of daily life that is not celebrated enough in our media and in our pop culture uh so let alone that of people of color oh well certainly absolutely absolutely so uh anyone who's listening to this watch queen sugar 
It's so good. It's really good. We've told you that so many times. Don't let the fact that it is on Oprah Winfrey Network stop you from watching it, which is the only thing I can possibly think. It's the only thing I could possibly think why people don't watch this or haven't watched this. But they will brave over their way over to Lifetime to watch the beginning of Unreal or to watch you. And (sighs) Greenleaf is also really good, by the way. You know, we've fallen behind on it, but we were liking it when we were caught up. There's plenty of good TV over there. And one of them is produced by Ava DuVernay. Come on! What else do y'all need? Go watch Queen Sugar. It's fucking amazing. Okay. <sighs> Anything else you want to say about Queen Sugar? No, okay. just please go watch it. Go watch <laughs> it. Then now I'm going I'm to go to my number two, which is Atlanta, yeah. which you already mentioned. Okay. Yeah. I it's my absolutely three. loved it. Um, it's so good. And uh, I'm just going to say a few things. Okay. First thing, that creepy German festival. Helen, yeah. Second Which thing. It's not not just a festival. That's the whole town, Kate. The whole town is like that. The whole town is like that. Second thing, an ostrich egg. It's so gross. I still get like a visceral like stomach badness just remembering that. Oh, God. Like the album. I have a gag reflex thinking about that egg. Oh, man. And... And then, really, for me, the heart of the season, there were so many wonderful episodes that were sort of like these standalone movies. But for me, the heart of the season is Alfred and Brian Tyree Henry's performance throughout the season. The the depth that Glover and the writers gave to Paperboy, to take him from Paperboy to Alfred this season, mm-hmm. and, and really sort of recentering on him as the, the center and the core of the show, worked really well for me. Yes, Ern is still around. Yes, he's got plenty of spotlight episodes. But realizing that maybe the heart of the show is Alfred <laughs> instead, or pivoting and challenging the viewers, maybe the heart is still supposed to be uh, Ern, and they're challenging us. That could be. But I care more about Alfred. So I liked that we got more of him this year. <laughs> what what made uh, Atlantis rank so high on your list? I mean, hey, just Teddy Perkins. Like, just Teddy like Perkins. Just Teddy Perkins would be this high. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think just Teddy Perkins would like kick it up a notch. But then you're just like, you've got Helen, mm-hmm. which is a really terrific episode. And again, that's the entire friggin' city. Um, but even worse in October, um, Woods, which you've alluded to with Alfred, of like trying to find his way home, basically, literally, um, is really great. And like tour de force from, um, Brian Tyree Henry. And then, but Kate, there's just the simple, beautiful elegance of FUBU Mm -hmm. that I can't get over still. Um, like Teddy Perkins is just delightful and surreal and just, it's very good, but Fubu has that like just gentle quietness to it. And that we talked about lived in experience. Fubu is that to a T and it's filled with really good child actors, which is (laughs) not always available (laughs) and they found them. And so I think there's just a really terrific sense of things, but then in FUBU. And so to add all of that into this sort of Robin season sort of approach that they took of 
it's becoming fall slash winter in Atlanta where things get kind of weird, both on a weather level, but also just generally everyone becomes a little off because of that transition. Um, and how that gets explored from different sorts of perspectives, I think is just really, really well done. And I think that there's just, it's just really, really good. And like you said, the sort of decision to unfocus from Earn and open the show up a lot more made a huge difference in the degree to which this show was able to say things and how it said it. Yeah, I mean... Cat Williams in the premiere. Yeah. So good. And you could just keep saying that about like every episode this season. Mm -hmm. It was consistently, it was consistently uh, well executed and well paced and plotted and conceived. It was standalone stories for the most part that contributed to an overall discussion of a mood and a time and uh, a state of mind, even maybe for some of these characters. It was really effective and terrific storytelling and gold globes y'all crazy yeah yep pretty so, much yeah pretty much uh that's why it's my number two that's why it's your number three my number one is the americans which is you don't watch the americans yeah i'm shocked kate i'm shocked i'm shocked, shocked. Uh, so tell tell me all about how much you love start because apparently that was the episode to love this year <laughs> this is so good it, it, listeners it, it is so good um like we'd said about Teddy Perkins, you could just have the scene in the garage and uh-huh. that would be enough for this to be number one. You could just have the scene at the platform and that would be enough for this to be number one. You could just have the scene uh, with with Stan uh, just sitting and thinking about what he's going to do and that would put it into contention. You could have the scene of Paige sitting with that, with that shot glass. That would put it into contention. It was... He, just a phenomenal finale. It was so good. But it was also led into with an incredibly strong final season, uh, final run of episodes. And that gave, like, that, that pivoted each character right when they needed to, explored their journey, where they started, where they ended up, put gave them difficult decisions, and then watched them deal with the fallout. The, the final conflict that we got with Elizabeth and Claudia was just as amazing as you would expect from Carrie Russell and character actress Margot Martindale. Um, everything that we get uh, just with Henry away at school and, and, and like when Stan asks, does Henry know it? Like those, the betrayal seeping through his voice and, oh man, it just is enough to just break your heart. Uh, it was, it was a, like all these shows that are kind of at the end of the air quotes golden age of television kind of thing americans is you know one of them and um you depending on where you want to put that finish line then maybe it's with the americans um they they all had delicate work to do to stick their landing and i think the americans is the one that did it the best the fact that they nailed the landing the 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 finale doesn't mean that the show is somehow better it just shows the craft and care that went into all of it. So if they had botched the, la- the the last episode, I still would have loved this season. It still probably would have been my number one. But they didn't. They crushed it. And they 
they just highlighted again, you talked about our emphasis on humanism on this podcast. They highlighted that the story was not about catching spies. The story was never about catching spies. The story was about people and the decisions they made and why they made them and how that shaped who they were and who who they would become and who their children were and who their children could become. And ending the way that they did, not with someone getting killed, not with a big shootout, not with someone being caught, but with just like a quiet look out to a, a square and a new home that's an old home. Uh, yeah, that's that's a testament to what the show always meant to be and, and its ability to stay true to that and never lose sight of that all through its run. Um, some of the best use of music on TV this year, some of the best use of editing and song choice and uh, uh, so scoring and soundtrack, I should say uh, amazing performances, amazing direction Man, I love the Americans. I know it's not your thing, Noel, but it kind of makes me sad that it isn't. But I respect that it isn't, so that's okay. Please just don't make me watch it. I won't. I won't make you watch it. No, I won't do that to you. I already made you watch too much last year with The Leftovers. Um, But I know that you are fond of a slow-paced character, internal struggle kind of show. Because I know what your number one is, the process of elimination. So what's your number one? Yeah. My number one's The Terror. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about shows that really um, value like being a good person and being human, I pick the show that demonstrates what happens when you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you just let things go to pot, basically. Um, and I think that there's just... A, there's that aspect of it, which I really appreciate, of this journey into darkness and the degrees to which we'll slowly just allow ourselves to collapse and then realize we've gone too far and then make a small gesture of maybe I'll just poison myself instead of eating someone. Um, (laughs) And those kinds of things. But then there's just the, for me, the show was... A number of really solid performances, as you and I discussed when the show was on. I don't think that Jared Harris has ever been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Karen Hines was also really great for an episode and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, loomed large over everything else that came after that. Because that character's um, perspective drove everything and got them stuck there. Um, then Tobias Menzies is fabulous. Um, and just generally the rest of that cast of a number of like, oh, hey, it's that guy or hey, it's someone else we should really be paying attention to number of actors developed a number of relationships, quiet or explicit in terms of the depths of affection that they had for one another. Um, but then there was also just the costuming was gorgeous and luscious. The set design, like living on those boats was great. And the degree to which that the show made sure that you never forgot that they were on boats <laughs> from the creaking creak, the, the creak, like the groans, like the, the consistency of that sound design to l- never let us forget. I thought it was just really great. Um, then like some stuff being slightly off kilter. So you get like the pitch of the boat a little bit as well, even though they're stuck. Um, 
I think that there's just that, but then just that whole story of trying to find some glimmer of humanity in what is supposed to be this moment of human triumph um, that just goes horribly, horribly wrong, um, I think is just, it's really important and it's a really good thing to remember when we're thinking about why we do things and trusting the motivations for what we're doing. And I think that that the show really does a good job of making the ramifications of those things clear, even if sometimes they lean in really heavily on like symbolic realism and magical realism type stuff, especially by the end. Um, but that kind of shit is my jam, Kate. Um, <laughs> so that's the reason why it's my number one show. And I'm expecting and de- partially demanding that that continues into their topic for season two. I'm so pumped for season two. If like, if they execute on anywhere near the level they executed this season is going to be some great yeah. television. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this, this was also on your list. So tell me about it being on yours. It is just such a, a eerie and visceral and ethereal show all at once and that's not an easy thing to do uh you can feel the mm-hmm. cold like you said you can you can hear yes. the groans and of the of those ships but you can also feel it too you can feel the vibration and the shifting of the wood around them in the ice and that that is just so captivating the 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 creepiness when they they go under the sh- under the water to 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 check out what's stuck in the propeller and you just get like you like you just pull them up pull them up right now i don't know what's in the water but something someone's gonna get him and it's there's nothing it's just you know a dead body of their friend probably um but it doesn't matter because in that moment he's the only being that's alive in the world. And th- this is a show that captured that stare into the void and what it does to someone or what it can do. If you let it, um, absolutely, uh, just succinctly and powerfully. There was a, there, there's a little bit of fat at the start of the season with the flashbacks to the families. But other yes. than that, it was a really taut season that, took these characters on full journeys uh compelling heroes and villains um and sometimes both and i mean i thought that the cgi polar bear worked pretty well worked way better than it should have you know yeah um and this is a show that was interested in examining the heights and depths of humanity and I thought did so in a powerful and effective way. So I, I didn't connect with it as much as you did. It's you know it's on my list. It's nowhere near as high, but it is terrific TV. And oh goodness, I really hope that they they are just as as interested next season because the oh I'm so excited for that season too. I am too. That premise is just it's too good. It's and too good. They have to do so right by it as the other thing though at the same time. Yeah, so. yeah. they better not <laughs> screw it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that takes us to the end of our top 20 TV shows of 2018. And look at that. We did it in under 80, 75 minutes. That's very, it's very exciting. This is a new thing for us. 
Um, listeners, yeah. we want to hear what your top 20 are. So leave us a comment over at the website, thetelvers.org. Uh, send us an email, t- uh, tweet at us, all of that good stuff. Um, and we also want to hear your picks for the best anything you can think of <laughs> of TV. Um, there will be a list of categories um, on this episode's post and on the, this should be in the previous episode's post as well if you want to get in on the game. Um, but we're going to be counting all that down next week for our last episode of 2018. Um, so we hope you will join us and participate for that. We'd love to hear from all of you. A few show notes here. You can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can leave us a comment with all of those things. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can find us in iTunes with an M4A chapter feed and an MP3 Unchapter feed, and we're also up in Stitcher. You can also send us an email, theteleverse at gmail.com, and you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I am at the Televerse. Noel, you are? At Noel RK. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much, Noel. We'll be back next week, everyone, for the Smorgasborgy on next week's episode of the Televerse. Mm-hmm.